Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f*** we want. Welcome back to another episode of the Kinjas Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. Today we have Minji Chang in the pod. Minji is an actor, producer, former executive director of Collaboration, Showcase, and Competition. Uh, She's the host of her own podcast, First of All Podcast. She is an entrepreneur. She's a mover and shaker. She's just been um, doing a lot since she's been out here in LA. She's been out here for about five or six years now. And since uh, since I've known her, she's just been always having her hands in things to push culture, a lot of just Asian-American empowerment. And bigger than just Asian-American empowerment, I think knowing and understanding what drives her, her why, instead of looking at the problems of what's going on in terms of what's going on in society and what's going on in the entertainment world, instead of focusing on the problem, she's always focusing on a solution. And she talks about creating her own spaces, creating her own room, if you will, to uh, have the voice that um, she would like for not only for herself to have, but for the people and the causes that she cares about. I loved her her mentality towards discipline and building um, a foundation before expecting things to just happen for you. And I, and I love her mentality um, going into um, approaching academics to pers- what she thought she was going to pursue in the medical field, which turned into acting, producing, and um, and hosting her own podcast. She's just doing a lot of different things with uh, the same mentality of building that foundation, doing her homework, her due diligence, her discipline. Um, she talks about her daily routines, things that she's disciplined herself to do daily to kind of do the small things that create the bigger, long-lasting effects. So I found a lot of inspiration inspiration from this one just to kind of see the mentality behind her hustle i think it was very motivating for for myself as well yeah i think this is just a good one for you guys anyone who's out there trying to pursue a career uh in any path um i think she kind of lays down a good foundation just a a mentality to kind of take into any field Um, always fun lightning around at the end minji's a very just driven individual and i'm excited for you guys to get into it so let's go Welcome back to another episode of the Kinjas Podcast, Moving in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. Got Jeremy back there. We have the homie Andres helping out today with some camera stuff. Uh, folks, very excited for today's guest. Today we have actor, producer, entrepreneur, um, just all around mover and shaker. Minji Chang is here. Hi. Hi, Minji. I move awkwardly, but I move. You move very well. <laughs> Minji uh, is currently Board of Directors of Collaboration, formerly the director, Executive right? Director. Executive Director of Collaboration, uh, Showcase and Competition. Um, you have your own podcast. Yep. First of all, podcast. First of all, podcast. Well, I met you, um, well, we met back in, I feel like 2014. Was, Ish, yeah. Because that was when I moved back to LA. Yeah. Um, we grabbed like coffee. Five years. It's been five years. Okay. It's crazy how yeah. time flies. We grabbed coffee. And at the time, you were um, executive director of yeah. collaboration. So we're talking collaboration stuff. I have a long standing history with collaboration. Um, it's been going on since 2000. 2000? 2000. Almost wow, 20 almost years, 20 ben. years. That's crazy. I Shout out PK. I you a lot. Like you come up on a lot of conversations because everyone wants to know the origin story. So yeah, yeah. Shout out PK. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to PK in a while. I, You know, I randomly run into PK at the gym. What? We go to the same 24-hour fitness. He has in, time in for the gym? I see, he's always on the Stairmaster was where I always see him. Good for you, PK. Yeah, get it in, man. Get it in. Yeah, discipline. Yeah, and so um, I think was 2014. Well, when did you move out to L.A.? That was right when I moved to L.A. Okay. So I had taken the the role of executive director of like the whole national program 2013, but I didn't make the leap to move to L.A. until, oh my, I'm right at my five-year anniversary. Five like years right in now. L.A., yeah. Five years in L.A. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. So right after I moved, you and I connected and then we met up and I was just like, there was a lot coming at me during that time. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I thought was so exciting, like getting to meet the guy who came up with the name, <laughs> Jabberwocky, and like, you know, learning that you're part of Kava Ma- like getting to know your story was yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. Well, we want to know your story. <laughs> so oh, we're um, talk about you. <laughs> no, no, not about me. It's about you today. Um, give us a little history of where you're from um, and all that, and then eventually how you came out here to LA. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so I I am from NorCal. I'm from the Bay Area. Yep. I was born out in Davis with the cows, but um, cow quickly, town. Yeah, cow yeah. town. It says a lot about me. But uh, <laughs> and then I and then moved to like Daly City, and then to San Jose, Cupertino. Then I lived in Pleasanton. That was an interesting time. And then uh, went to Cal for for college, and mm-hmm. then lived in Oakland, San Francisco. So I made like a whole loop, um, total Bay Area girl. And that's that's my background, like where I grew up. And I think that like living there and, and growing up there in that environment during that time, during like the 80s, 90s, um, definitely shaped a lot of who I am. I'm like very proud to be from mm-hmm. the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was a little nerd at school, like really loved school. Never had people really pressure me to get good grades or anything because I was like a very like self-motivated. So you're already here. doing it. No one had to be on your back. About In terms it. of school. Yeah. I think yeah. it's, you know, there's different ways people get their, their dopamine kick of like yeah. how they feel like they did something worthwhile and getting A's was like it for me. So good. On wow. My you were the ideal model Korean kid. Like- to a, to a <laughs> degree. So this is where it gets in. So I was definitely like, uh, on the surface, a very model child, I guess uh-huh. I got really good grades and, um, even though we moved in the middle of my eighth grade year to Pleasanton, again, mm-hmm. that was like a big transition for me to move from like San Jose area, which is really, really diverse and like it's the heart of Silicon Valley out into Pleasanton, which is not that far, but it might as well be like another planet culturally. Mm-hmm. It was a very, very Caucasian, very, you know, white bread kind of, uh, environment. Having that move in my eighth grade year when I'm 13 years old was a really big moment for me like a culture shock. It was like a mini, you know, teenage identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, things shifted a little bit mm-hmm. at the time. And so we can go into that later, but I had a little bit of a double life. Mm. Um, still kept achieving, kept kept my grades up, excelled at school, was in a leadership geek and all that stuff. I loved it. I loved it. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- there's layers. I feel like everybody has different versions of themselves mm-hmm. and I definitely was no exception. Yeah. yeah. What, what what made you want to be a good student? I'm always curious because I was a horrible student. Uh-huh. So I, I, I try to understand <laughs> the minds of a kid that like, I want to be good at school. And I was like, I didn't give a crap about school. So Interesting. I, like, where did you where did you feel like you got that from? I think I was one of those kids that was really susceptible to like, you know, that Pavlovian like here you you come to class every day, you get a sticker. Like mm. I straight up remember even from preschool and kindergarten where if you were if you had like perfect attendance, you get a sticker at the yeah, end of the week. Yeah. There's something about like the perform and reward yeah. thing that stuck with me. Oh. So I think what goes back to that, like, you know, I liked getting good grades. Yeah. I think getting the A was like, you know, totally. put a little pep in my step. Yeah. And then I genuinely liked learning. Uh-huh. Like when I learned a new thing or um, I loved, I was really creative and drew a lot too. Mm-hmm. So like if we had like a book report, I would read the book and I was really into reading and stories and all that. And so I would like to like do my own interpretation of it. That to me was fun. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you have to do a book report and they want you to like draw something to go with it. So I draw like the cover sheet. And that to me wasn't really work. It was like, okay, it's work because you have to do it. You have to do it within a certain amount of time. But I guess the work itself was kind of enjoyable to me. Mm -hmm. So maybe that. And then on the fact that like, I would do the work. I didn't hate the work and I would get a good grade. It kind of, it's a snowball effect. I think that was like setting me up for like, oh, what's the next thing? I got to handle that. Like, oh, now we're doing multiplication tables. And then it was timed. And then I had a competitive streak in me with that. And then I'll compete with my classmates of like, I'm faster than all y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like doing it. So those, those different little things like were, were motivators. And then I was competitive with my cousin and stuff and I had to yeah. show them up. Stuff Were like you that. into anything like outside of academic sports, arts, anything in that? So genre? I have long explained to you, I'm not very coordinated. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think sports and I did very well. That was definitely my brother's universe. Okay. He played basketball, baseball, soccer, all of it. For me, I was the creative one. Yeah. I was like um, doing theater starting yeah. when I was like five four or five it was like my first musical for church Mm -hmm. and that stuff came really easily to me like I memorized lines easily and when you're a kid you don't really think like oh I am good at this you're just like I like this let's do it yeah and um 
like my mom would tell me later that her church friends would see me perform in plays and they're like, that's not normal. Like mm-hmm. a five-year-old, she's she's saying a lot of like dialogue. And mm-hmm. for me, I was just like, yeah, is it hard for you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I would tell my friends, like I would remind my friends what their lines were because yeah. I would memorize their lines too. So there was that creative side. I was definitely more of that kid and the artsy theater kid than um, like sports or anything like that. Got you. That was my arena. And when you found theater at that young age, was that you just fell in love with it and you were, were you kind of set on pursuing acting from that point on? No, I think when I was that age, you don't, I was like always a big pop culture fiend. So I remember from a young age absorbing music mm-hmm. and watching a lot of TV and movies. Like I remember crying when I watched E.T. when mm. I was like five years mm-hmm. old. I remember like, weeping. Because yeah. when I'm still getting emotional now, like when <laughs> E.T. leaves, like why you got to leave? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and like when I listened to pop music, I listened to like Straight Up by Paula Abdul. Mm-hmm. And I listened to like Debbie Gibson and MC Hammer. And I would just like, it would bring life to me and yeah. I would be really into it again when you're that little you don't think of like how you're unique to someone else you think sure. kind of everyone's the same yeah. so I didn't ever think of I wasn't thinking of career or anything that I wanted to do because I didn't know what my options were but I think it definitely planted a lot of seeds in terms of like love mm-hmm. and like something I vibe with and yeah. something that like sparked something very real yeah. yeah. So you finished uh, all the way f- uh, through college out up in NorCal. Mm-hmm. And then from there, what made you want to move to L.A.? So funny story. I, I found this when I'm around a lot more people from L.A., which started in college because Berkeley has a lot of L.A. people. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize to what degree. I feel like a lot of people in NorCal are kind of programmed to hate SoCal. <laughs> So I kind of had... I find that to be true, too. I, I, when you mentioned that people, like, you're a very proud Bay Area person, yeah, yeah. literally every single person that I know from the Bay or so NorCal so. is super proud to be from there. And I'm like, hey, I, I support your being proud. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, welcome to L.A. We're friendly over here, too. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. And I met the coolest people from L.A., but yeah. I think it's the whole Hollywood stereotype and the yeah. whole, like, image consciousness, like... It's a different kind of consciousness that I think Bay Area people are very sure. proud of because that's like there's like the birthplace of the Black Panther movement, the hippie movement mm-hmm. and free speech and all that. So there's a lot of political consciousness, I mm-hmm. feel like, or like environmental um, that that vibe is there. So mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of a I'm going to be mean. I'm going to be critical and be real. But I think there's a little bit of arrogance with that. Like if you, you have a little bit of like, oh, you know, this is how we are. Sure. And y'all over there are yeah, like that. Yeah. So I never thought I was going to move to L.A., mm. truth be told. And when I was in college, starting in actually ninth grade, I was really set on being a doctor. Like hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, again, didn't think that entertainment was an option. Mm-hmm. I thought movies were incredible. But to me, that's like La La Land. That's... Mm-hmm. Never Neverland, basically. Yeah. Like, I'm not, that's not a real place I can go. That's where those people go. Mm. And I think it had had uh, ties to the fact that I never saw many people like me in entertainment. Mm-hmm. I think it has subliminally impacted my vision of, like, oh, what I can do. Yeah. If you don't see yourself out there, like, that's not a viable possibility. Mm-hmm. So I was really, really set on being a doctor, and I was really happy about that. Yeah, no one was really telling me to do it. My parents are definitely supportive. Of course. <laughs> they were <laughs> not Korean ever like... Korean parent wouldn't be supportive of that. Yeah, yeah. They were not talking me down from that. Yeah. So I was really on that track and I started a program in ninth grade in high school, did four years of like shadowing doctors mm-hmm. and doing like projects on... My senior project was on plastic surgery. Wow. And that has direct connection to my Korean American culture because I was heavily influenced about plastic surgery right. and all that stuff since I was a kid about Sankapur, about the double eyelid, about my nose, about a lot of things that I had a lot of big body image issues with. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to study it and understand, like, A, how is it done clinically? Mm -hmm. And then B, because I was considering it. Mm -hmm. And then B, like, what are the attitudes in my class, in my school? So I actually, like, surveyed my entire school Mm -hmm. to understand who, uh, who was thinking about plastic surgery, what they wanted to do when I found out a lot of interesting data. Mm. So that was all like my high school and I took that into college. Yeah, like really yeah. set on it. And then so what was the final boost to be that I'm making that move? Because I think when people have 
it's one thing to kind of have the like, oh, I it would be interesting to do that. Mm-hmm. And then for you to actually do it. And then when you do it, um, there's kind of like a fire that I feel like is you, you just you, you kind of jump ship. Like now you got to swim. You know yeah. What I mean? So what made you actually finally move out here then? Um, the move out here was actually a very simple decision, mm-hmm. but everything that led up to that, I feel like it was a rising tide. Got like you. it was moving here was actually a very, oh, that's like, I got to get up and put on my clothes and go outside and do my thing and eat food. To me, moving to LA was kind of like that. Got like you. the point at which I was at that I made that decision is very, very duh. Yeah. Like that's where I got to go. Cause that's where I got to go do my yeah. thing. But the thing that like you're talking about, that was like a huge um, boost mm-hmm. was collaboration. Got you. That was in college. So and you came changed. out here for collaboration. Yeah. So collaboration came into my life during college and that's when I met PK mm-hmm. and like got, I like cornered him and asked him about like, Hey, I'm thinking about being an actor. Like the mm-hmm. seed had been planted and all this stuff um, related to, this double life that I led as a teenager, I was in a very bad relationship and I kind of handed over my identity and my freedom and everything to this guy. Mm-hmm. Once I was out of that, I had this like rebirth as a person because I was always me. I'm always very like, you know, yeah. mover shaker. I have a lot of things I want to do. I'm very like ambitious. My mom worries about that a lot. <laughs> She's like, can't you just settle down? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but during that, that college moment um, was when... A, collaboration came into my life via YouTube. Mm -hmm. B, um, I was out of that relationship. And so I was in this state of like, what can I do with my life? I basically felt like I had ownership of my life for the first time in a very real way. Mm -hmm. So all these options started becoming options because like America's Best Dance Crew and YouTube like changed my life. I was just telling my boyfriend about that. Like those moments you know, they were really significant. Mm-hmm. They they created a spark mm-hmm. or like, oh, I didn't even think I could try that. Yeah. Why not? Why don't we try that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's try that. That'd yeah. be really cool. So, um, yeah, that's really what it was. And so that was actually a, a span of what? Like that was like 2006, seven, And I moved here in 2014. So mm-hmm. that was like nine years. So you were already um, working with collaboration from NorCal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so you moved here to step right into that uh, directorial Mm -hmm. position so i actually started the san francisco chapter of collaboration okay um that conversation started in college um when i cornered pk i had two questions i was like was it can i be an actor Mm -hmm. and then two was why isn't there a collaboration san francisco chapter Mm -hmm. and pk like i i owe him a huge debt of gratitude because he gave me a very real answer to my questions Mm. um and ones that i that were not expected Hmm. Like I thought he was going to tell me, go for your dreams and like do your thing. Like you can be a unicorn. You can do whatever you want. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's the message of collaboration. Right. But when I talked to him, he was like, he's like, no, go get a job. <laughs> and he's like, you're it was when I was, I think, a senior at UC Berkeley. And he's like, you better finish school, first of all. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you you're clearly like have drive and you're smart, like get a job, a good job and see what that's like and see if having the the salary and the 401k and the vacation days he's like if that's good for you he's like then you don't want to be an actor wow he's like if you want to do that and that's still not enough and there's still part of you that's like i really want to try and you're willing to give that up Mm -hmm. eh, and like work on it and deal with the instability and the rejection he's like then maybe you want to be an actor Mm. so wow that's really some sound advice because I mean, coming from PK, I know PK, and I would imagine the same. Like, yeah, go for your dreams because, yeah. you know, that's just what he he preaches. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I think that's really that's really interesting because um, I, I always kind of functioned in that way, too, where I felt like because academics weren't my thing, like I didn't care about school or like early game. Yeah. It wasn't until college where I actually was like, I need to focus on, you know, doing well in school so I can get out of here. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. That was my whole thing. And, and I was like at a community college and I felt like it was just like a giant high school. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I, I want to transfer to a four-year university. So I got to start studying. And, you know, so I was kind of a late bloomer in that. But I knew that for me, I didn't want to pursue some sort of a traditional, quote unquote, um, career path, you know, and I wanted to do something in the entertainment field. So I, you know, went to school to study film. Yeah. And I did that that whole thing. But I think it's interesting for, and I think it's really good advice for you to try, 
try the the path that you feel like is the safe route yeah because that might actually be for you because I think uh, like you said the instability and all that stuff it it is it can be scary you know what I mean you need to have a certain type of skin to uh, survive in an environment like that yeah. you know and then so for you did you try any of that did you do the whole you know nine to five or sort of career route yeah for sure I actually did the nine to five for five years at least because okay. during the time that we spoke it was my senior year of of college but then I stayed an extra year to like study abroad and um I had some I had taken some time off of school during college because of the stuff that I was dealing with personally um so I I was doing a little bit of catch-up but I felt like he gave me kind of an out. And I appreciate that because mm. I think for a person to make sound decisions, they got to make a decision. Mm. You got to make choices. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not sometimes I think anybody in any capacity can just kind of go wherever they're by default going. And then it's important at different you know points in our lives to step back and be like, I can choose where I want to go from yeah. here. Just because this seems like the most sensible or the most practical or the easiest route doesn't mean that's where you have to go and i think for a lot of asian kids at least that what i've experienced being in collaboration for 10 years and meeting so many different asian american kids and having these very relatable universal stories of how we're brought up that's a very uh uncommon option that's not even an option for a lot because there's a lot of the filial piety which i don't think is fundamentally bad um because you want to do right by your parents. And I think honoring your parents and people who like birthed you and raised you is a, is beautiful, you mm-hmm. know. But there's a it's a double-edged sword because you don't have that autonomy that's like really bred in, in, in America. Yeah. Of like you're an independent person. You go do what you want. You blaze your trail. You, you know, make mm-hmm. your company. Those are very contrasting like oxymoronic yeah. ideologies that a lot of Asian American kids are growing up with. So that conflict is very real. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's ingrained, it was ingrained for me starting like from birth, you know, that I'm, I'm supposed to take care of my parents when I'm older, that like I have to do right by them. And that's reinforced in very like Mm -hmm. micro ways. So for me, it was a very, I'm grateful for that out because it gave me a little bit of breathing room Mm -hmm. and I did pursue public health. So I, I pivoted from, medicine like becoming a a physician Mm -hmm. to working in public health because I discovered that in college that my my goal in life is to help populations I really like the idea of public health and I still do to this day even as an Mm -hmm. artist that um, there are ways that we can speak to the masses and that's what I think art does Mm -hmm. you know what I mean um because public health is not a one-on-one patient situation that a doctor does. Yeah. Public health was like, how do we see trends? How do we look at data? How do we look at like alcoholism? How do we look at depression? How do we look at uh, teen pregnancies? And what is this telling us about behaviors and the, the underlying root cause of like why mm. people are acting like that? Mm-hmm. Is it because of education? Is it because of poverty? Is it because, you know, or is it mainly affecting immigrant families? Is it, ma- you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I was really fascinated by that. Mm-hmm. So um, I worked in that for three and a half years at a, at a place in Oakland called Prevention Institute and it taught me so much, mm. taught me like watching a nonprofit organization function. It was only about 30 people, but they did a lot of really important work to influence like healthy eating and active lifestyles. They did. I worked in violence prevention. Mm. So like having the past that I did and this very bad relationship as a teenager, I was very passionate about women, about children, about families and like how to work um, and influence policy to change the environments that we live in so that Mm -hmm. we can have less violence in the home. Mm -hmm. So it was like violence prevention. So I did that um, for three and a half years. And during that time is when I started collaboration in San Francisco. All of like what I can also tell the audience about collaboration is Besides me getting hired as the director eventually in 2013, it's mm-hmm. all been volunteer run mm. and is 99% volunteer run to this day. Yeah. People do it because they're passionate about what it stands for, which yeah. is Asian American representation. Like, who are we? Yeah. And how are we seen? How are we putting ourselves out there? Um, so, yeah, that that was like an interesting yeah. time. Yeah, I, I, um, I want to touch on that. I mean, well, with collaboration, because... Um, I mean, yeah, having seen it literally grow from inception to where it's at now, almost 20 years, 
And I know of so many people who've kind of had their first opportunities to kind of get themselves some exposure through collaboration, you know, from, you know, just like, I remember Joe Coy performing a collaboration, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and look at where he's at now, you know? And, and, yeah. um, and I think just, that was an interesting thing because, um, in those early 2000s, yeah, you didn't see a lot of Asian Americans um, on the forefront uh, in entertainment, whether it be on TV or in music. And there's a whole bunch of talent out there. Mm -hmm. And for them to, uh, or for there to be a platform where people kind of felt like I have an opportunity to get my, you know, get some visibility and stuff. And so you mentioned things like ABDC, America's Best Dance Crew, and, you know, from the, you know, just, I think TV shows started to kind of put people out there too which was interesting yeah. and and you said that you watched those shows and you know we're stoked on that so um can you talk a little bit about like your experience um being involved with collaboration um from the volunteer role to stepping into it as a director like what what is your perception of how you've seen collaboration evolve and and where it's at even now yeah for sure um uh are we going to take all afternoon? No, uh, <laughs> I, I, when I first started collaboration was 2009. So mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, YouTube had been around for a few years. It had really is still on the rise at that time, like exploding all these different Asian American artists like David Choi mm -hmm. and Kina Granis and AJ Raphael, like yeah. just making videos in their bathroom, <laughs> like, right. but moving me to tears, you know? And, um, it's that moment of being seen and being understood. And so I was really excited that, this platform existed and for so many reasons that I don't think were conscious to me at that time. I really wanted in on that. And I think there was a huge part of me that wanted to be an artist. Um, but I thought it was impossible, but I also had experience at that point, like many years of producing, like mm -hmm. started in high school with like homecoming and, you know, senior prom and stuff like that to college. And I was doing Korean culture night at mm -hmm. Berkeley and that's how I met PK um, so I had that producer in me always. And I was just like, if I could help do this, like this would be a really cool way to spend my free time. Mm -hmm. I'm like independent, making money, have free weekends and nights. Like I wanted, I was so in. Mm -hmm. And so I got in because I wanted to meet famous people. Like straight up, I wanted to meet the people I saw on YouTube that I was like, I just want to like make a show <laughs> and have you be in it. Yeah. And then I could like take a picture with you. That was, it was as simple as that, that mm -hmm. got it started. And through the years that I've... Um, been in it it's been serious some of the hardest but like most fulfilling mm -hmm. things I've ever done whether it was like I was triple hustling at one point working a tech job I was working at macy's.com and I was running collaboration in San Francisco and I'd started acting professionally mm -hmm. like on the side um, for about nine months you know I learned what it was like to make the showcase to showcase the artist and then I learned what it was to be the artist mm -hmm. so I've kind of seen a lot of not just Asian America, but the industry from like a really unique uh, viewpoint. And um, as Asian Americans, there's everything that you guys did. Honestly, like you, Mike, um, freaking Ali Wong and Randall have a movie now. It's yeah, premiering like it's as amazing. we speak. They used to host like Randall competed in collaboration. Wow. And wow. Uh, with his band. <laughs> That's right. With his band yeah. wearing a bucket hat. That's right. <laughs> okay. what, what was his band called? Again? I forgot the name. It's like escaping me right now. Frig. Okay. But well, he raps. Okay. Yeah, and he's I good. That. I was like, what? And then Ali Wong has like done comedy and she's mm -hmm. hosted shows. It's like watching that is crazy, you yeah. know? Um, everyone has their beginning. So mm -hmm. I really got to witness that firsthand that people start somewhere. Mm -hmm. It can be just in your community, it can just be in your bathroom. But everyone gets their start. Mm -hmm. That's why I was motivated. Like, if I have something I want to do, I got to start somewhere. Yeah. And it was terrifying. <laughs> I was, like, crapping my pants because I could feel that I am leaving my safe path. Mm -hmm. I had a path. And it was very clear. I could work in health. I could work in tech. And I would do great. Like, there was nothing there that was telling me this is a bad path. It was all good. Mm -hmm. Um, I was getting raises, I was getting promotions, I was getting sent to conferences, but none of that felt that fulfilling. So I feel like stepping into collaboration, stepping into acting and being part of the Asian American community, like it was scary, but exhilarating mm. and fulfilling and like just crazy. Yeah. Like, it's been really great. Yeah. 
Want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Meister Watches. They are truly masters of their craft. From quality materials and masterful timepieces to functional lifestyle accessories for the movers and shakers of the worlds they collide with, Meister is doing it. They've collaborated with some of the biggest brands in sports, music, comic book, car culture, and pop culture. We've actually had the pleasure of collaborating with them on a timepiece a few years back. I rock their ambassador watch. This one's my everyday watch. This one's my favorite. They are for our culture and for those that are on a constant mission to master their craft. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and pop in the discount code KINJUSPOD to receive 25% off your entire purchase at checkout. And this discount is exclusive to the Kinjas podcast. You won't find this discount anywhere. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and rock with the illest. This show is officially brought to you by Kinesthetic. Hop on to store.kinjas.com and plug in the promo code podcast spelled with the K at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic. Like us on Facebook at kinesthetic.brand. Um, yeah, I think that the mentality that you have towards, um, you know, the taking that chance, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, the, the term like burning your boats, right? Like once you, once you kind of, you have no return. I mean, there's no going back. Like I'm in it now, you know what I mean? And I think um, it, it, for some reason, I feel like the people who do that um, never stop doing that. You know what I mean? Because I think um, I never viewed myself as like a risk taker either. I, I was always kind of scared to try stuff because fear of failure, right? If I yeah. try it and it doesn't work, then what am I going to do, you know? And then um, I don't even really know what it was, but I think it was once you, or for me, it was once I found something I was passionate about um, and all like, like I was obsessive over it, whether, you know, it was dance, you know, and I was like, I'm just going to keep doing it. And there was no, uh, promise of a career. There's no, Oh, if you, if you keep dancing, like this is a guaranteed thing that you can step into and you'll be secure. Like there's literally nothing, you know what yeah. I mean? I'm just like, I don't know why I keep doing it, but it was that, that ambition and the, the drive to just keep going. And I think that's just, there's something about, being um, relentless about pursuing a passion, you'll find your way to figure it out. You know what I mean? And I I see so many, like you mentioned collaboration, all the people who've gotten their start there, they just never stopped. And and people are in amazing places right now and doing amazing things. And it's an exciting time for us right now. And I've and it's been interesting through collaborate that world and in my own life, watching people stop. I've met some of the most talented people that I I got to learn on a very, you know, daily basis what it takes or what I interpreted because I would see who succeeds. Mm-hmm. I would see who gets to work with big brands versus, not, you know, and I and that would carve out what my definition of success was. Mm-hmm. Is it like, OK, so will I feel like I have fulfilled my my purpose, my destiny, my dream if I get an Oscar? Is that what it is? Um, because I was seeing these people firsthand watching their careers develop and watching them chase their dreams Mm -hmm. and reach different heights at different points. And so it was a very good education for me to see, okay, it's not just about talent because I would see some of the most talented people and some of them, you know, life came up, like their parents got sick or, you know, they have to pay their student loans so they can't, you know, it takes a lot to pursue a passion Mm -hmm. thing. And talent was never short, but it's, there's a little bit of luck, but there's also that relentless spirit. Like, mm-hmm. okay, even if I get knocked, it takes me back a year or two because I got to handle some business. I'm going to get right back into mm-hmm. it. Um, there's discipline involved. I watched a lot of artists who were mad talented, but I feel like they kind of leaned on that too much and weren't relentless in like making it a daily habit. Because mm-hmm. there's a difference between being a talented individual and being a professional. Right. Because you, you got to be ready, like an actor, you got to be ready to go as soon as that camera's on and the director says go. Mm. You can't take 20 minutes to ramp up. Right. Like, you got to go. <laughs> the, you know, yeah, sun's, yeah. the sun's going to be gone, yeah. you know? And so things like that I, I witnessed, you know, over time. And I would see what it took kind of collaboratively too. That was the biggest lesson that I learned in collaboration was working with other people mm. and how to how to lean on other people and how to exercise your own authority but how to you know drop your ego all of that you know it's a lot of everything that you got to just learn by doing Mm -hmm. 
and you got to check yourself. And I wanted to give up a thousand times. I still do. It's like, honestly, at this point, I stepped out of collaboration. And I still like question it every day because I was telling you about I before we started recording, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety now. Mm. So as much as I'm know I'm on my path mm-hmm. and I bank a lot on that, I still there's still a lot of it's not all roses, as, yeah, as yeah. you know. Um, can you talk about what made you kind of want to step down from being the director to what where you're at now? Yeah. Um, time. Mm-hmm. I think um, PK did collaboration for 10 years and put his whole entire life into it. Yeah. And he hosted every show. Yeah. Decade. And um, we have so much, we benefited so much off, off of that. And I wanted to be that same kind of leader that led by example. Yeah. But it also took a toll on me, um, trying to run 14 cities, city chapters, on a nonprofit budget, and trying to fundraise and deal with people and deal with the industry mm-hmm. and deal with like the the politics of the community because sure. that's real too. Yeah. Um, it took a really big toll on me. Mm. So I think there are again many points in my life where I had to step back and you have to check yourself. Like, okay, I'm getting sick like every two weeks. That was mm. my entire 2015. I was sick every two weeks and I was like, this isn't healthy. Like I'm burnt out. Um, I'm not loving this anymore, Mm -hmm. but I also have a mentality. I'm very like Korean. Yeah. (laughs) Like it doesn't matter if you love it. Like (laughs) just do it. You gotta do it. Yeah. Life's not meant to be fun. (laughs) Um, so I would like push through and I push myself, but then it's like, well, what is it that you really want? And then honestly, PK set a really good example because he stepped down in 2010 and said, I, I want to do comedy. I have mm-hmm. my life. I have a family I want to build with. You know, he's married to Tammy and yeah. had, you know, pushed out three gorgeous <laughs> babies, yeah. you know, and that's part of his life as mm-hmm. a person as PK, not just the leader. Right. He has his own identity. So for me, you know, honestly, being like a female leader too, I was uh, burnt out for a lot of different reasons. Still wanted to maintain love for the community. And that's part of the double-edged sword you love something you're kind of on the the edge of hating it sometimes because you push a little too far and it's just it's like a house of cards at times Mm. so I felt myself getting into that zone I was like if I want to keep loving this I think I need to create more space for myself and um feeling a a ticking time like I feel a clock Mm -hmm. um and trying not to look at that clock as my enemy but looking at it like okay it's time to prioritize and you got to be, this is another level of bravery of like, you got to choose yourself yeah. because again, fast forward to when you're 80 and you're looking back, if I reach 80, mm-hmm. what are you going to be upset about? Mm-hmm. What are you going to be mad that you didn't take the plunge to do? Yeah. yeah. And that's the same question that made me take the plunge to ditch the corporate world mm-hmm. to run collaborations. The same question. Yeah. What are you going to regret not having done? Um, and that was like the answer. And I was like, I got it. And again, it was the same problem. I love collab. It's yeah. not like I, at that point, hated it. Yeah. I didn't hate my corporate job. I actually really liked it. I love my boss. I love the money. I like, it was great. But is there something more yeah. that you, you gotta, you gotta choose? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're still on the board, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, so there has had to have been something to push you out of that and into something else. So what, what is, what's the focus now? Acting is still something I want to do because I still want to be in something that will kind of be forever. Mm -hmm. I think films, like I'm the kind of person when I think of a movie I love, it is a deep, unconditional love and appreciation. When I think of films that like I felt understood or that like changed the way I think or Mm -hmm. where I saw humanity in its like most beautiful form, Mm -hmm. I want to make something like that. I want to be part of that. So acting is still there. I still Mm want to do it. But having been acting and auditioning since 2012, I want to write. Mm. Like, I want to create. And been, being an Asian American, the industry, I've learned a lot about the complaints and about the issues of racism and the systemic, like, unconscious bias. Like, all of that is very, very real. Mm-hmm. However, you gotta, when you look at the problem for that long, you start to see, like, what are the actual solutions? Mm-hmm. When we remove all the emotions and the, the, you know, feelings of being invisible and, like, resentment of not being invited into these rooms or whatever, like, make your own room. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what, yeah. we, what had to happen with, like, YouTube and, yeah. and independent music and all the artists that just put their stuff out there. You know, you made your own college tour. You didn't wait for a label to tell you to do that. You made your dojo because it's like 
y'all danced and like, you know, got hired to do that because what you made was fire, Mm -hmm. right? So it's the same, I think, with film. I I don't feel that same anger. I feel motivated. Like, there's still an invisibility problem. There's a lot of dope stories. Like, I feel like your and my story could be 10 films, Mm -hmm. you know, and a sitcom and like a dramedy and a K-drama all in one. Write it, write it. And I am, and that's what I was like, why am I waiting for someone else to write it? That's just impractical and silly and a waste of time and wasted energy. I'm just like, let's make it. Let's make our thing. That's great because I think um, we live in that time where, you know, you can create your own lane. You know what I mean? And um, no one says it uh, is easy. And and a lot of times you're going to have to accept failure and setbacks because that comes along with it. But, you know, going back to being relentless and going back to uh, ambition that is real and genuine to you, not, not off of just the hype. Cause I think people can look at something from, you know, through social media or they just kind of be like, Oh, that looks fun. And it looks, um, you know, I can travel, I can get paid. So let me just get into that. But they have no real heart behind it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like who doesn't want to be an actor? Like, yeah, I want to be on a movie and blah, blah, blah. But if that's not really something that's driving me at the core of me, then, you know, I'll probably give up, you know, if it's not really driving you. Um, And I think with what you're saying too, with, um, you know, instead of focusing so much on the problem and complaining about like, oh, how come Asian Americans aren't getting yada, yada, yada? It's like, yo, you're wasting your time because time is still going while you're complaining. Instead of complaining about it, how about you go figure it out and how to fix that, you know? And then like you're saying, you know, when you create your own room, um, like that's just, that's the way to do it. And I think at the end of the day, you know, people people won't be convinced of something new unless you show it to them. You can't explain like, oh, what if there was something like this? I don't know what you're talking about, dude. You know, like, I don't know what that looks like. But once it's there and and the proof is in the pudding, it's like, this is happening right now. And then people start to be, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. And then people's perceptions start to change, you know? And I think, um, you know, with us in dance, you know what I'm saying? We talk about how it's so funny that people think that now the, the stereotype is if you're Asian, you must know how to dance. Exactly. And it's just like, where did that come from? How quickly that changed. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, it's 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 funny that there's these kind of, you know, reverse, you know, stereotypes or whatever. Um, but I think it's great because I think I don't want to even waste my time being upset about that. I was like, well, what are you talking about, Asians? We've been able to dance this whole time. And it's like, yeah. just be thankful and just be like, yeah, it's great. And now we're, we're still going. Like, we, we're not stopping at this, you know. And I think it's great to see just in film, you know, music, comedy, and just all sorts of industry. And I, just seeing Asian Americans rise sure. in that, you know, I think that's really cool. I think it's really important that you just own who and what you are. Yeah. Because that's where it changed begins is acceptance and that's like a very like you know a profound thought but it's very simple yeah. you know like you this is where you this is where i'm at and this is where i want to go and then you just figure out where you want to go mm-hmm. and if if no one else has gone where you want to go before that's cool then you can like ideate until you get there yeah. if someone else has gotten there before you say like i wanted to be meryl streep well then reverse engineer meryl streep's career mm. she did some things to get to be the incredible artist that she is she went to class you know she she studied the craft she did ten thousand hours working with different directors and coaches and co-star you know she didn't that just didn't happen Mm -hmm. so uh learning those things can be really fun and and inspiring and then i think also it just expands what our possibilities are like i think asian america has changed so much in seeing like what the potential is and then owning like yeah i do come from this kind of a background but this is what i want to create and I'll do that through fashion mm-hmm. or I'll do that through dance. Yeah. Or I'm going to do that by my graphic design or I'm going to do that by my like dope marketing skills. I don't know. I've mm-hmm. seen so many variations of it. And every one of those um, those examples, I feel like they help me crystallize like what's my version of what I want to say and do mm-hmm. and how do I want to do it. Mm-hmm. So when I like go to different events, I would see like who did I gravitate towards or who did I look at and be like, oh, my God, it's so and so. 
most of the people wouldn't even, they don't care like at all about that person, but I cared. I got to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. Cause that, that means that filmmaker who's like this obscure, no name to a lot of other people is everything to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's telling me something like that's the person I respect and admire because of what he or she made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just opens so many more doors when you, you like learn how to listen to the, to the inside voice, yeah. like your actual inside voice and not the critic and not yeah. the ego, but where your heart's like, it's pounding a little bit mm. and you're like, Oh, what is that? Yeah. Cause it's scary. And that's, I'm same as you. I was a very fearful child and I followed the straight and narrow because that was what was easy to me. Mm-hmm. And to a degree, I'm very grateful that I did because mm-hmm. it created habits and like kind of a process of like, I strive for excellence. Mm-hmm. I like the feeling of the A plus yeah. and I want to create excellent work. And if I get an Oscar as a byproduct, cool, like <laughs> great. You're down for the Oscar. I'm down, yeah. but I also know it's heavily political and all that stuff. And it's yeah. not going to define my work, but if I get it, great. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just like you, you take bits and pieces. I think every part of our lives teaches you more and more of who you really are. Yeah. It's hard because sometimes you'll face things that are really ugly about yourself too. Because even facing the fact that I was so achievement oriented, mm-hmm. that broke me for a bit. When I wanted to become an actor and like go into this new arena, it kind of wrecked me multiple times that I couldn't give it up. Mm. I genuinely, I was standing with like my friend Bosia, who's a poet. Mm-hmm. He didn't even ask me that. Like, he just asked me, like, how's it going? <laughs> and I was just like, well. <laughs> and like, because Bo was asking me, yeah. I was very vulnerable with him. And yeah. I was like, you know, I'm thinking about leaving collaboration, stepping down. But like, I'm thinking about it. And I don't know if I'm ready to let go of this title. If I don't have this title, I think the title gives me a lot of mm. self-importance. It gives me a lot of value and validation. And I was like, I just try to ask myself questions like, okay, Minji, can you give this up? If you are not executive director of collaboration anymore, are you still going to look at yourself with a lot of respect? And like, you know, will you honor yourself the same way you do as this role? And I automatically knew the answer was no. If you go back and you're at the bottom of the barrel, you're a starting actor, you're a no-name writer. You know what I mean? Like you're you're starting from the ground up after you, you leave this. Are you going to be okay with that? And at that point, it was a no. And I started bawling. Mm. But then that was when I had to start reconciling that gap. So I had to figure out how to, well, I still want to do it, but I don't feel like I'm ready, quote unquote. What do I got to do to like figure that out, to yeah. let go? And I had to like, my ego took a took a beating. Mm. But I think those are really important things. Like the, the answers you're going to get to really important questions are not going to be all ones that you like. Yeah. But they're still important. Yeah. Yeah. That... That's that's wild because I mean one thank you for you know being open in that way because I think that's something that's everyone is gonna face that at some point where you know I think because people get very they get knocked down by um, uncertainty and they get knocked down by you know uh, transition because transition ultimately means I'm leaving something into something else and I don't know what that something else looks like and so there's that fear and I think you know for you to be uh, able to be so introspective and figure it out and take the time and um, talk to people. I think, you know, talking to people about it is huge because um, it's at, ver- at the very least it's a sounding board because, you know, hearing yourself vocalize your thoughts and then it's like, whoa, those words actually came out of my mouth. Like that's actually what's going on inside here. And I think those are the the first steps towards getting to that place, yes. you know, but um, I think it's really important for people to be um, not only okay with that, but embrace that, you know, embrace the fact that you are, um, scared, embrace the fact that you're feeling anxious over something, um, because you getting that out is your step to getting to that next place. You know what I mean? And I think that's, that's really dope that you're able to vocalize that to, I mean, sometimes it just takes a friend to just ask you the question, (laughs) how you doing? And then it just opens up the floodgates. Yeah. 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 Um, so you're focusing on acting and writing, writing, and I'm producing my first uh, featured documentary that kind of came into my world through my boyfriend who like, I met him at Sundance. And again, mm-hmm. it's like these random things, these choices that I made, I was like, I'm allowed to go to Sundance film festival. That's I thought so you had to be white and rich to go, <laughs> um, being there, you would have thought that, but like, um, being in that space that I met some really great people and cultivated different relationships. So now I'm producing 
that film is about a Japanese American rock climber. Um, really excited about that. I, that. Again, these are things that I never thought that I was gonna do. Yeah. But then once you know the opportunity comes and you feel ready, you have to like ask yourself those questions. I was like, yeah, let's do it. I'm down. I'm a producer. Yeah. Um, and paying attention to what your skills are because I'm still learning the acting and the writing. Those are still like I'm and even producing though. But um, there's certain things that I've already built up a pretty strong discipline or like i have a skill set that's i think i'm naturally a producer mm -hmm. so i'm i'm still going down that path so now i'm like it's so funny because i thought that i was so scattered before i was like i'm doing corporate i'm doing collaboration i'm doing art and then i was doing i'm doing collaboration now i'm doing art but now i'm like i'm doing art but in art mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. there's a lot of options there so it's a constant you know i'm embracing the fact that there are these options and we'll just see how they pan out. Do the very best I can. If it gets too hard, I'm going to take a moment, mm -hmm. go to Joshua Tree, whatever I need to yeah. do, go to the ocean, take a second and I'll keep figuring it out. But sometimes it's a very moment to moment thing. We'll see where it goes. I want to direct. Mm -hmm. um, I want to do a lot. I want to, I want to honestly, my, my vision is to be Oprah. Like I just yeah. think what she has done to creating opportunities for artists, for women, for like, for the black community, for just, for, tr for stories that she believes in, I think that's so dope. Mm. And she does that in a lot of ways by being her own brand and having her own platforms, being an artist herself. She's one of the most amazing actresses I've seen. Mm. Did anybody see her in The Butler? Because she and Forrest Whitaker like, destroyed that mm. movie. And it would have been really bad without them. But <laughs> like that and being a producer and yeah. working with all these great writers and stuff is crazy. Yeah. I feel like the way that you're talking, there's... Um, kind of visualizing a storm <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but, to my brain, but, but no it's it's really good it's it's this kind of um, a beautiful storm if you will there's all these things that like i want to do that i want to do this but what's great about it is you're not saying that you want to do this and that without having done you know laying the foundation and doing your homework and your due diligence you know what i mean and i think um you know with this sort of uh you know instagram world that we live in we just see the final product of things and we see the, 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 the parties and we see the celebrations and it's like, dang, like if I were just to do this, I could do that too. But it's like, yo, there's a whole lot of groundwork that's been laid, yes. you know, I mean, for anybody who's doing something of, of quality and consistent quality too, because I think it's, it's easy to, you know, go viral for, you, you can get lucky, you know what I mean? And then, and then have a hit, whatever, a song even, um, or even like a movie, but then it's the people who have actually put in their time to build their foundation and um, to, to, to keep it going, the longevity of it. Sure. And I think what's great about just hearing where you're at from, you know, pursuing, you know, the, the medical field to going into acting to directing, you know, collaboration to now producing and writing, you have this... Um, your 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 work ethic will always follow you in every single one of those arenas. You know what I mean. So even when you hit a roadblock uh, or a, or a speed bump, you're gonna. Um, and I I love how you said like you know sometimes I just need to go take a second to myself. You know and and because I I wanted to ask you about you know when you hit those um, moments of discouragement or where you feel like yo I need to recalibrate or um, you know how you do that because I think. People can get so good at working their butts off, mm -hmm. but they don't know how to um, they don't know how to balance that side. You know, they don't know how to breathe. And, and I think that's how burnout happens, you know, because yeah. you we're not meant to just be at 100, 100 percent of the time. You know, we do need to take a nap. <laughs> you know, we do sure. need to we need to breathe, you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah, how do you how do you take those, um, you know, as I was talking about the storm that I see, you know, how do you balance out for yourself? Um, to kind of take a, you know, take your, your breaths. I'm still personally working on um, taking vacations, mm -hmm. like for real disconnecting. Um, to be honest, this particular political time that we're in with some of the laws and the scandals and the kind of like, <laughs> to me, it's like the integrity of our nation <laughs> is at stake. It got a lot to me. So I actually deleted social media mm. and I don't do that that often because social media is so heavily tied to my industry and to my work. Mm -hmm. So feeling like I'm removing that from my life feels like not only like are we heavily programmed to always be checking stuff and getting alerts and stuff, mm -hmm. um, having massive FOMO, 
I felt like I was shirking some kind of responsibility or like being detrimental to my career by disconnecting. So like making that choice was really significant. I deleted Instagram and I kept it off my phone for four days straight. Mm. And I think it that gave me a really big mental break, mm. to be honest. Um, not checking my phone all the time, mm-hmm. not comparing. like Because every time I do, it's not even the time wasted. It's the mental... Yeah drain totally. of like that girl's so pretty they have hell likes oh they're working on a new project like they're just everyone's doing so freaking great like what am i even doing well i'm sitting right here mm-hmm. <laughs> thinking about all the things i'm not doing and comparing myself and it's not really doing me any good yeah. so doing that was a really big deal those i think so at this point being really aware of the psychological drain has been actually more important than the time because mm-hmm. that takes a bigger toll on me i think Um, And so I actually started this new regimen. It's only been 22 days straight, but I started this thing called Miracle Morning. Mm -hmm. I read a random book because it was free on my Kindle. And I was like, I want to read and I got a free book. But it's literally taking the first hour of your day, like waking up early and taking the first hour of your day to do all the things that you know you quote unquote should do. And I have an issue with that word should. Mm -hmm. But the things that would Mm -hmm. benefit you that you usually never do. Like I'm pretty big on fitness. Like exercise is a really good stress relief for me. So even though I'm not a coordinated dancer, like <laughs> I can do some weight training and yeah. like uh, some intense, high intensity interval training and stuff like that. That is really good for my mentality and yep. for my body. So like doing that top of your day. And that actually has been, I'm like really struggled with building habits. But for some reason, I think I'm at a point in my life where I was ready to do that. Mm-hmm. And it has been 22 days straight it's of amazing. waking up. Yeah. And um, meditating, mm-hmm. even five minutes, it's five to 10 minutes, meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading and uh, journaling. Mm. I've been doing that every day for 22 days now. And those are the little, little things, the five minutes that I'm like demanding I take for myself to be able to go the distance. Yeah. To me, I'm like, it's the micro things that create the big things. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have that, then what am I even like? Mm. I'm like Oprah, really? Like yeah. Oprah got a routine. Beyonce has a routine. We have again that cup of like that shirt. We all have the same hours in the day as Beyonce. Mm-hmm. There are people who operate at a high level and they they make different choices. Yeah. And I hope that everyone does, because it's not even just about becoming Beyonce. It's to live a healthy life mm-hmm. that we're not hurting each other. Cause that's my big thing right now, is that and maybe it's just me, but I pick up on energy and vibes. I'm very sensitive to that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the world at large is like hurting and scared and fearful and angry. And I understand, Mm -hmm. but like we got to do something about that. And Mm -hmm. I think it's as small as taking five minutes to pray in the morning. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I love your morning routine because that kind of sounds like my morning routine that I've actually just adopted it's only been a few months too, nice. you know, and I went to a Tony Robbins seminar that just like Tony. flipped the script, man, flipped the script. Um, I love that. Um, so you have a podcast, mm-hmm. you have a podcast. Um, first of all, podcast, what, what is that podcast about? It was just the, the, the title came because I was like, I say that sometimes or often when I'm like mad or like mm-hmm. about to go off about something um but it has evolved i'm at 69 episodes and i have talked about everything from dating to my mom's immigration story to uh fighting with my boyfriend like how we deal with conflict Mm -hmm. um to why politics overwhelms so many people and prevents people from becoming civically engaged talking about abuse talking about toxic masculinity mm-hmm. i'm going to talk about toxic femininity which is a new mm. thing that has come into my world i'm wow. like really interested in talking about so whatever i feel like talking about mm-hmm. but i feel I've, I've learned from the data that it's like a two to one ratio of ma- male to female hosts yeah. on podcasts and i did a little data searching myself and like women of color are of course, you know, minority in mm-hmm. terms of like English speaking podcasts. So mm-hmm. it's like, I- I'll love to contribute. Yeah. But I almost gave up on that like 15 different times. <laughs> but I'm still, it's fun. Still going. Yeah. It's fun. It's dope. Yeah. yeah. Um, for yourself, how, how would you define success? I would define success as fulfillment and meaningfulness rather than achievement. Those achievements can be byproducts, but I think feeling like you are aligned with your values, and that takes time to identify what those values are. Um, Fulfillment with integrity 
and with passion, mm-hmm. I think whether that means like the family that you build or the lifestyle that you create or the financial, you know, what your bank account look like. Uh, it's, it's a mix of all those things. And if you feel like you fulfilled your true, like a calling or something that you can do to serve a bigger purpose and you did it with passion, you did it with integrity. I think that's success. That's dope. I dig it. Um, we're going to lightning round you up now. So I'm going to fire off some questions and you have to just come off top. Okay. Here we go. Lightning round in three, two, one. Favorite boy band of all time. In sync. Favorite food. Oh, I take back my answer. Why did I say that? I'm part of the problem. It's That's bo- why it's lightning round. Dang. It's at the okay, top so of your head. Boy men. Um Boys to, okay, uh, we'll take that. Yeah. Because you don't think boy band, but anyways, next question. Uh favorite food. Favorite food? Korean food. Korean food. What mm-hmm. is your pet peeve? Pet peeve? <laughs> I'm a pro I'm part of the problem being late. <laughs> Okay, I feel you. I feel you on that. I feel you. <laughs> I am so the problem. Oh man, I feel you on that. Uh, what is your hidden talent? Hidden talent impersonations. Oh, sick. Okay. Um, who is being slept on right now? What does that mean? Like, who is not getting the credit or the shine that they deserve? Who's not getting the shine or credit that they deserve? I don't know. Or maybe not a person, or maybe just a thing. Who's not getting? I think all of our parents are not getting. Parents and teachers, they are not getting the credit they deserve. Dude, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, What do you think is too, what is overrated right now? Overrated? Instagram models. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Uh, Dream podcast guest. Uh, Aquafina. Oh, nice. Uh, Dream work scenario. Work scenario? Uh, I have this whole thing set up. I want my own business park. <laughs> I'm like into real estate right now, but it's like completely sustainable. So it's running off energy that's not fossil fuel based. And every person in this like giant sprawling business commercial space is all companies that do good in the world. Mm. So I get to go to that every day. That's tight. Biggest achievement to date. Biggest achievement to date. Uh Building collaborations and power conference. I Heck think. yeah, yeah, that's really dope. Yeah, you guys do that. Uh, what is your worst fear? Worst fear. I just I am scared of losing people. Mm. Like not getting enough time with people I love. That is also very legit. Mm. If you could go back in the time, and if you can go and give yourself some advice, mm-hmm. what would you give to yourself? Uh, my advice it would be an affirmation of you're enough you are enough nice less of more of what would you want to see less of in the world and also more of in the world less posed photos and more real life dig it what is your golden rule golden rule first things first First things first. Prioritize. Not every not all things are equal. They do not all deserve your attention equally. Wow. That's one to unpack for a while. <laughs> That's good. Um, Minji, I think your um just seeing you you grow over the past what five years, six years in LA? Well, five years since I've known you. Um, and like, yeah, from collaboration to like I see like when I say you're a mover and shaker. You're always um, you're always doing it, and not to not to just praise the fact that because um, I think we live in a culture we praise the, the doers, right? Like, oh, you're doing so much, and we we want to praise that. And I don't think it's just the the fact that you're you're constantly moving, but I see the stuff that you're passionate about and and the your why in terms of um, the decisions that you make and how to. Um, give not just yourself a voice, but a voice to a larger, um, a larger audience and, and for a larger people, you know what I'm saying? I think with, uh, you know, what you're doing for not only Asian Americans, but Asian American women and from your podcast to, um, wanting to create change, um, to offer solutions to the problem instead of, um, yeah, complaining about it. And I think, 
<laughs> yeah, but I think the world needs more of that, you know, and I think you, you said it, you know, our 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 world and the the social, the socioeconomic climate is there, there's a lot of struggle out there and there's a lot of stuff that sucks, but that's never going to change, you know, so we just not to say like just accept it, mm -hmm. but but be be the solution or, or offer help to what's going on versus um, let it run you. You know what I mean? And I, I see you doing that. And uh, I'm excited because I know, you know, you're in that space where you're figuring things out. And I know that things are going to fall into place. And like, I'm just I want to just continue to you know, do those, these checkpoints with you, you know, and, and just see, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And, and congratulations on, you know, collaborations success. I mean, like, I can't wait for next year. It's going to be 20 years. You know what I mean? Dope. And, yeah. and I want to thank you, Ben, because like, I'm telling you that my experience in like entering that world, it was a very big journey of like, like self-identity, but also the reality of being around people that I admire and respect that is something like you become like your environment again it's from my public health days your environment influences a lot of like the outcomes of your life and so it's important to keep people good people around you to keep you accountable and to inspire you and for me like getting to have the people that I was like just dreaming of meeting one day as like a 20 year old for them to become friends and like for them to become colleagues or collaborators that is a huge driving force it's like nobody gets anywhere alone right mm -hmm. and uh, watching what you and Mike have done with Kinjas and like the what the dance community has done to kind of like enliven a whole generation of youth that's freaking mind-boggling even for someone as uncoordinated as I am like it, it gives a lot of people to aspire to bigger things and like mm -hmm. take themselves to next levels and I'm really excited to see what you guys do because it's amazing you know having your expansion to like downtown LA and mm -hmm. um the brand and you got what y'all are doing in Asia and mm -hmm. stuff it's like you know it's the wild west but it's it's amazing you know yeah. we can we can go places yeah yeah so thank you to like you following what you want to do it really does i think influence other people to genuinely look at like what can i do what can right. i do to you know live my purpose or like yeah. what is it that i want to create thank you yeah that's also very encouraging uh, where can people follow your journey here? Social media, websites, podcasts, all that. I'm going to be outed because there's like, oh, you have post pictures and you're just saying how much you don't <laughs> like them. Um, you can follow my Instagram at Minjeezy, M-I-N-J-E-E-Z-Y. And then uh, first of all, podcast is on all the pod mm -hmm. Spotify and Apple and all that. Yeah, all the things. Well, cool. Um, thanks for coming through and chatting with us. Thank you for yeah, inviting me. Fun. I'm so fun. honored. And uh, safe travels up to the bay. Yes. Yeah. Time to go spend some time. Love it. Um, guys, thank you for listening and or watching. If you haven't yet, subscribe. Get on there and subscribe. Um, if this is adding value into your life in any way, shape, or form, please just leave us a five-star rating. Uh, write us a review. I was reading the reviews the other day, and there's a lot of really cool reviews. So if you guys have written a review, thank you so much. I read all of it. Um, follow us on uh, Instagram, Kinja's Podcast, Cast with a K. Twitter, we're on there too. Facebook, we're on there too. Um, if for whatever reason you're finding it hard to find the episodes on your um, your uh, podcast app, we have a website. Just go directly on there, kinjas.com slash podcast, and all the episodes are on there. We have uh, detailed show notes with a lot of cool uh, videos and links to all the things that we talk about in the episodes. Uh, Mike Fowles really good about making the sickest show notes. Um, and if it's, I mean, if you guys are digging it, just share it. That's all we'll ask you to do. Tag us. Um, I I read and I go through all of our DMs and I, I love regramming all that stuff and seeing the stuff that you guys are digging about the episodes. Um, if you guys have questions or suggestions, email it to info at kinjaspodcast.com. And yeah, thanks for riding with us, guys. And we'll see y'all next time. Peace out. Bye. <laughs>